Good morning, good morning, good morning, good resurrection morning. I don't know about you, but every day for me is resurrection day. Every day I get up, I remember it's only because Jesus Christ got up. Uh, Galatians 2 and 20. Hey, by the way, I'm sorry. I'm Pearlie Martin. For those that might just be joining in. this I'm Arthur Pearlie Martin. And I'm dropping in today on this Resurrection Sunday, which is every day for me, like I'm saying. Because um, every time I get up, I remember it's because Christ, Jesus Christ, got up. Because Galatians 2 and 20 reminds us. We're crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, we live, yet not I, but Christ that liveth in us. And the life we now live, we live by faith in the Son of God. In other words, we live by faith in what Jesus Christ has already done. We must walk in the finished work. We must walk in. I thank God for the blood. I thank Him for the blood. I thank Him for redeeming us. I thank Him for saving us. I thank Him for setting us free by the precious blood of Jesus. I thank Him for when we were yet sinners, how Christ went on ahead and died for us in spite of us. Lord, I love you. I love you. I love you, Lord. Thank you guys for joining into my podcast. Again, this is Arthur Pearlie Martin. Uh, meet me here daily at uh, 9 a.m. I'm still teaching on my book, Understanding Our Own Issues and Other Issues. Uh, we're talking, we're coming from part two. If you have my book, page 25, we're coming. We're doing part two. I didn't finish it up yesterday. I'm not going word for word, of course. If you want the book, you can order it on Amazon.com or Barnes and Nobles. I'm just speaking about it from a, summarizing it. Basically, we're talking about um, the condition of our understanding our hearts. Understanding our hearts. Uh, this is going to be part two. We did part one yesterday. Part two, part two, understanding our heart's motive. That's the title of this part two, understanding our heart motives. Why do we have to understand our heart motives? Well, we're going to have to understand it because Jesus tells us that a man looks on the outside and he looks on the inside. And that's how God judges us based upon the condition of our heart. Whatever the Bible teaches us that whatever we do in word or deed, that we're to do it as unto the Lord Jesus Christ. And anything done outside of... Faith worketh by love, and anything done outside of faith is sin. Um, so let's just jump right on in here and say that uh, when when, I, when we become born again, um, the Bible tells us in Ezekiel that God takes out the stony heart, and he gives us a heart of flesh. And that heart of flesh is God's heart. When we accept Jesus Christ, his spirit comes to live on the inside of us. And not just does his spirit, but his His we take, we get our heart filled with God's uh, desire. When we get born again, our heart, we get the heart of God filled with God's desires. And that's why when we get born again, when we accept Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, our desires begin to change because our heart is now filled with God's desires. And this is now we begin to feel convicted about the things that we say and we do. Because he took the stony heart out, the heart that was born into sin. That was our that's our that was our natural behaviors. That's the works of the flesh in the uh that's why we gotta be born again because we were born into sin, the Adamic nature. Okay, so we have to be born again. So when we get born again, God comes in and he gives us his heart made of uh, flesh. And now we can feel convicted when we do some of those things that we did before we accepted Jesus Christ. 
we, we did not become convicted by those things. But now that we have accepted Jesus Christ, now we feel convicted. This is how you know, because he chastised those he loved. God's conviction is his chastisement. This is how you know, because those he loved, he chastised. And those who are without chastisement are bastards. There's none of his. That's what the word says. Um, when we can't feel the chastisement of the Lord. So harden not your heart also. So when we hear the truth come, that we'll be quick to repent because truth is correction. And God chastised those that he loved. He, when he corrects us, it's because he's trying to keep us from something that's evil. But I want to pick up here um, where we're talking about that uh, how when in, in uh, when we're thinking evil and we're acting evil, I mean, when we're acting evil, that's because we're thinking evil. And when we're thinking evil, that's because we're believing a lie. Uh, the devil has sown an evil lie or an evil thought in our mind. It's gotten in our heart. And now it's coming out of our mouth. So we want to change the condition of our life. Well, yes, we have to renew our mind. But, uh, but we also have to allow the word to go get rooted and grounded deep down off into inside of our heart. We have to have good ground heart. And, um, like the parable of the sower mentioned, and in order to have good ground heart, a good a heart that, a good ground heart is a heart that's filled with God's desires. Is a heart that want what God wants. Um, that's found over in Luke five, um, five and fifteen. It talks about the seeds that fell on the good soil. The seeds that fell on the good soil, which is our heart. Our heart is like a, a pot of soil. Okay. So the seed is the word of God. And it says that the seed that fell on the good soil or in the good ground represents honest, good-hearted people who hear God's word. They cling to it and they patiently produce a huge harvest. So in order for our heart to be feel, uh, to be good ground, uh, we must have an honest heart, a, have a good heart, a person who hears the word and not just hears the word, but they cling to it because they believe it. And when the word of God, when we believe the word with our heart, that's when we can act on what he says. So we have a heart filled with God's desire. The Holy Spirit, he, God did the first heart, open heart surgery when he took out that stony heart and he gave us his heart of flesh. We get, he gave us his heart filled with his desires. And so this why now when you get born again, you're, you're at a tug of war because your flesh is fighting against your spirit. Because the flesh is contrary to what the spirit says. Okay. So the heart is like the brain. Okay. The heart is like the brain. Without the brain, we have, you know, we can't live. And so it's like the main central station. The mind and the heart goes together. It's with the, the heart that we, the, the mind, the soul that we renew our mind. But it's with the heart that we believe. We have to believe. He said, love the Lord thy God with all our, our heart and our mind and their soul. We have to love him with every part, every fiber of our being. And when we love the Lord with our heart, with every fiber of our being, that's when his desires uh, not only becomes our desires, but His de we want to fulfill his desires. Uh, we will begin to seek him. We will begin to go in pursuit of him. We will begin to acknowledge him in all our ways because on the inside, I mean, we're really longing for it. We're really wanting what God wants when our heart is sold out to him. When we're loving him with every fiber of our being, with all our heart, with all our mind, with all our soul, all our spirit, we're loving him with everything on the inside of us. And when we love God with all of us, there's no room for no other gods in us. 
So I guess uh, the question I would ask is, are you pursuing God with your whole heart? Are we pursuing God with our whole heart? What's your heart motive? Man looks on the outside, but God looks on the inside. If we will ask ourselves the question, why do we do the terrible things we do or say the terrible things we say? We will find the lies in our lives. We will find the motive. We will find the true motive. Lord, am I really doing this because I want you to be glorified? Or Lord, am I doing this because I want to be glorified? What's your heart motive? And we'll ask ourselves the question, why? I'm on, I'm on page uh, 25 in my book, Understanding Your Own Issues and Other Issues. I'm just kind of summarizing some of it. But if we'll ask, if we'll ask God, ask ourselves, if we really be honest with ourselves and ask ourselves, why, why am I really doing what I'm doing? If we'll judge ourselves, we won't have to be judged. The Holy Spirit will let us know. He'll let us know. And then that's when, that's how we find the lies in our life. It's the lies. I asked earlier in the earlier uh, sermon uh, episode, what's your why lie? What lie is the devil telling you to make you believe that the word of God is not true? What lie is the devil telling you um, to get you to, to get us to say and do those evil things that we say and do? Every area in our lives where there's an addiction, a stronghold, or a bondage is an area in our lives that's attached to a devil's lie. What lie are you believing that's holding you hostage? Whatever, you know, so the way we find the lies in our lives is we look at the issues that are in our lives. I don't mean we focus on the sin, but we do have to judge ourselves. And the Bible do tell us to take the plank out of our own eye. And when our heart desire is to fulfill God's desire, we're going to want to take off those things that's not like him. And the way we take off anger and the way we take off bitterness and the way we take off this and take off that is we must be willing to face it and say, why am I like this? Why am I acting like, what lie is the devil telling me? Is it because I'm, there's a root of rejection? Is there a root of rejection? Do I have an orphan spirit? Jesus said he would not leave us as orphans, but he would leave us with a comforter. When we have an orphan spirit, we're going to deal with the root of rejection. And that's going to be a, uh, that's going to be an entryway for the devil to gain access into our lives. And it causes us to be self-centered and not Christ-centered because we're always longing. We feel as if God, you know, God has forsaken us. And you know how an orphan feels? Some of us might not know because we've never been orphans, but you can kind of equate, you know, equate some things that may go along with that. I can imagine an orphan, they probably wonder, well, what's wrong with me? Why didn't my parents want to keep me? What did I do wrong? Why am I alone? And even though you can be in a room filled with a whole bunch of people, an orphan, if you have an orphan spirit, you're still going to feel alone and by yourself. This is why Jesus tells us. He said, I will not leave you comfortless. Or I will not leave you as an orphan, one translation say, But I will leave you with a comforter. Let the Holy Spirit comfort you. Let the Holy Spirit comfort you. When you're starting to feel alone, when God said it wasn't good for man to be alone, he was talking about a place and a position. Because Jesus already said, I won't leave you comfortless. I won't leave you as an orphan. I'll never leave you nor forsake you. It's not good for man to be by himself. Why? Because two is better than one. 
But when we're, you can be in a room, a room filled with people and still feel alone. And when you feel that spirit come on you, you just speak to yourself and say, I'm not an orphan. God has prompted Jesus to not leave me as an orphan. I am not alone. He has promised to never leave me nor forsake me. I don't have to, and just call on the Holy Spirit and ask him to come and comfort you. He said, I won't leave you comfortless. I'm just going to flow wherever the Holy Spirit tells me to flow. Like I said earlier, every stronghold and addiction in our lives has a lie attached to it. Every error in our lives in which we are having a sin issue is coming from a lie in which we are believing concerning that sin issue, which is constantly being manifested in our daily lifestyle. Whatever lie the devil is telling you to make you uh, smoke is your reason why. Whatever excuse the devil is telling you to make you sleep with the married person, whatever lie the devil is telling you to drive you to those comfort foods, whatever lie the devil is telling you to make you believe that you're supposed to be a man when you're a woman or a woman when you're a man, those all those things are attached to a lie. Every area in our lives where we're living contrary to the word of God is an area in our lives where we're believing a devil's lie. Jesus told his disciples in John, if you continue my word, you are my disciples indeed. And you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. So what is it that the truth will set us free from? The truth will set us free from a devil's lie. Jesus Christ, he died, and he, he, uh, he, we owed a sin that we, uh, uh, debt we could not pay. And we have been redeemed from every curse of the law. We have been redeemed from every everything evil that the devil tried to bring upon us. Everything that's contrary to God's word, we have been redeemed from those things. So whatever, look at your life. What are, what are the issues that are in your life? Because the issues that are in your life is coming from what's inside. Everything, the heart, it comes out of the heart. Jesus said it's not that which goes inside of a man's mouth that defiles him, but it's that which comes out of a man's mouth that defiles him. So guard your heart, for out of it flows everything you do. Um, there's a proverb that says, uh, as your, uh, as a man's, uh, as water shows the reflection of a man's face, so does a man's heart shows the reflection of his life. In other words, I'm living from the inside out. The, uh, those things, those outward manifestations that you see, uh, uh, sinful manifestations that we see in our lives, uh, um, are coming from what's inside. Let's, let's, we, we say, Lord, creating us a clean heart, renewing us a right spirit. Well, Lord, help me to see me so I can repent of those things that's not like you. We, we really have to go to the roots. When Jesus cursed a fig tree, he cursed it at the root. And really, this is what my book does. It goes on the inside and it deals with those inner issues. Those ones that, the, you know, those little roots of rejection, that little envy, that little pride, that little self-centeredness. This book is going to help you to see yourself. If you're really sincere about seeing yourself, it has no wiggle room. God wants us to be delivered and set free so we can walk in authenticity, not pretending to be one way and on the inside, we're just all torn and tossed and because we're not confident in who we are. God does not want us to believe in the devil's lie. That's why he said we're clean through the word. And as we continue to read God's word, Deliverance will come. It will sanctify us. His truth sanctifies us. God's word set us apart. Because once you find out what the truth is, you won't want to continue to, you won't feel comfortable living a lie anymore. 
Because when you find out what the truth is, the conviction comes. A lot of us, when we're living any, when we're living a lifestyle that's contrary to God in any area, like I said, comfort foods, whatever we grab, whatever takes the place of God in our life becomes our life, becomes the God of our life. If we're if we're drinking alcohol, doing drugs, having sex, eating comfort foods, whatever it is, I don't know what whatever the issue is, whatever vice. The Bible said we're not ignorant of the devil devices. So I'm going to call them devices. Whatever devices that the devil is using to try to substitute God in our life, we need to really go down to the root cause of it. We need to ask ourselves some questions to find out what the why lie is. Is it rejection? Rejection is connected to the fear of men. When I'm afraid of what people are going to think, then I'm people-driven and not God-driven. Are we selfish? Are we self-centered? Which is connected to pride. Because being selfish and self-centeredness, it causes us to exalt ourselves above others and cause us to think more highly of ourselves than we ought to. Is that not pride? What's your why lie? The only way the enemy can gain interest into our mind and our heart is through a thought or action sown into our lives. You know, everything starts with the, with the thought. You don't, we don't do anything without thinking about it, whether we realize it or not. I, I, I was talking to this lady once, and she's like, no, you can do stuff and not think about it. Well, subconsciously, you are thinking about it. You just don't realize it because you're just constantly moving. And that's not good because God told be slow to speak, be quick to hear. We need to think about it before we say it. We need to think about it before we do it. We need to ask God for his wisdom. We need to acknowledge God in all our ways because the heart is deceitful. And and it will lead us astray. You know, people, the world say, follow your heart. But the words say, be led by the spirit of God. Because the heart is deceitful. We don't want to follow our heart. We want to be led by the Holy Spirit as born again believers. So by acknowledging God in all our ways. So whatever, like I said earlier, every area in our lives that we're living contrary to God's word is an area in our lives that we're believing the devil's lie. The only way the devil can gain access into our lives is through a lie. Believing the devil lies an open door to our minds and hearts and and uh, he will use that lie to hold us in bondage. Look at the strongholds in your life and ask yourself why. And you will find the devil's lie that he's using to hold your mind and heart captive. It's the lies in our lives which are holding us captive to sin. We act on what we believe to be true. Our lifestyle which we are now living is a result of what we believe to be true about ourselves. The lifestyle that we're living now is based upon what we're believing. You remember? us out of the abundance of a man heart that his mouth speak. It's out of the issues. Guard your heart for out of it flows everything you do. NLT version, Proverbs 4.23. The lifestyle that we're living is based upon the things that we're believing in our heart. It's So I always say, if we want to know what we're believing, if, look at how we're living. If we want to know what's in us, listen to what's coming out of us. It's out of the abundance of the heart that our mouth is speaking. And it's out of the abundance of our heart that we're living because we act on what we believe to be true now that's a hard pill to feel because we we don't believe every bible verse we know let's just be honest about this if we believed every bible verse that we knew we would be acting on it and living it out 
He didn't say it was a nor of the word that was blessed. That was a do of the word that's blessed. But I have good news because today is another day. So what we didn't know yesterday, we know today. And what we did, and, and and what we know today, guess what? We can act on what we know today. That's the good news. And the good news is that God's grace and mercy is fresh. It's new every day. We got a whole new batch of grace again today. We get to do it again. Now we get to act on. We we had the we had the first word about not blaming others, playing the blame game. Adam blamed Eve, Eve blamed the serpent. We're not gonna do that anymore because we're growing up and we're growing from faith to faith. But it's so important. That we don't just sit here and hear this word, hear the words. We have to actually act on these words. And we have to ask the Holy Spirit to help us and to strengthen us. Ask God to grace us to do what we know to do. Because knowing the word, being a knower of the word is not what blesses us. It's being a doer of God's word that blesses us. He said, be ye doers of the word and not hearers only, lest you deceive yourself. This is why we must be willing to admit it. So we can quit it because the greatest deception is self-deception. And remember, we talked about in the prior lessons that uh, saying you sorry is not saying the thing that I did is who I am. The thing that, you, that the thing that we do is not what we do is not who we are, but it's an act or an action that we allow our flesh to commit. It's like the Apostle Paul was saying, it's with my mind I serve the law of God, but it's with my flesh that I saw the serve the law of sin. Therefore, O wretched man am I. I've come to understand that I have, you know, we have to renew our mind, change our way of thinking and change our way of living. When we got born again, our mind didn't get saved. This is why he tells us we have to submit ourselves, uh, present our bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God and be not conformed to the world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Romans 12, one and two, be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. In other words, we got to change the hard drive on our mind and believe it with our heart. We need to meditate on it. When we meditate on the word, it's like swallowing it. Remember the Bible says if we meditate on something, we will do it. So what we need to do with some of those Bible verses that we know, we need to meditate on them so we can begin to act on them because knowing it is not enough. We have to put feet to our faith. We have to be doers of God's word. And every time we do what God say, he adds to us. He adds to our gifts. He adds to our talents. What is it that God is telling you to do, but you're saying, no, God, not right now. I have to ask you, have you become a God of your own life? Because we have to operate on God's time. God doesn't operate on our time. We have to operate on God's time. If if God has told us to do something and we're not doing it, we're sitting in rebellion. We're sitting in rebellion. When we read the word of God, and it's, there's some things we don't have to pray about because the word clearly tells us what to do. Okay, so when I, I get a clear word, probably take off anger. That's, I mean, that, that word is to everybody. He tells us to take it off. Okay, that's, I don't have to pray about whether God wants me to be angry or not. That's not something I have to pray about. He told me to do it. And I said, okay, Lord, I see here where you told me to do it. Now help me to do it. Okay, Lord, I see here where you told me to be slow to speak and quick to hear. Help me, Father, to be slow to speak and quick. I don't have to pray about that. I don't have to pray to say, God, do you want me to be slow to speak and quick to hear? No, because his word has already told us that. There are some things that, I mean, it's just written there in the word. But a lot of times when we don't want 
that the God's word, we go look for another word. And we say, well, I have to go pray about it. What you got to pray about? He's already told us clearly in the word. Jesus told Moses, what are you standing there? What are you, what are you crying out to me for? What is that you have in your hand? You already got the answer in your hand. Why are you crying out to me, Moses? I've already given it to you. What is that you got in your hand? Whatever God is telling you to do. And if you're, because delayed obedience is disobedience. So we're laying around and saying, okay, Lord, when I start feeling better, I'll do it. Okay, Lord, when I start my new job, I'll do it. Okay, Lord, when I get the kids situated, I'll do it. Okay, Lord, when I do this, then I'll do that. I'll do what you say. Is that not disobedience? Is that not rebellion? Delayed obedience is disobedience. Father, forgive us, for we did not know. We repent of the we repent of rebellion right now in the name of Jesus for delayed obedience is disobedience. And Lord, uh, whatsoever state we're in, we will serve you. Serve him. Do what you can do. Don't focus on what you can't do. Do what you can do. Ask God, say, Lord, I'm laying here and I'm in a wheelchair, but I but you told me to preach the gospel. So show me how to preach the gospel. You got social media. You got Facebook. You don't have to say, well, when I get up from this mat. When I get up off from this place. No, the lepers were healed as they went. Some of us aren't going to be healed until we go because we're laying there in disobedience. We're not doing anything because we're using the situation and the circumstance for an excuse not to do what God say. Um, I'm talking about the motives of our heart. But someone's going to need that. That's why he had me to say that. Um, let's, uh, the Bible talks about temptation temptation the Bible tells us that temptation comes when a man is drawn away by his own evil desires and then he's enticed and then he gives, gives in and he gives birth to the sin and then sin is born but everything is coming from what's in us in other words let me put it to you like this the devil is only tempting us with what's in us in other words if you don't have a problem with smoking, I'm going to use that. because If you don't have a problem with overeating, chocolate, smoking, exercise, whatever. The devil's not, he's not going to be a temptation for you. So he's only tempting us with what's already in us. And this is why it's so important that we find those trigger issues. You know, there's like, oh, don't push that button. Oh, they push that button. Well, no, the devil pushed that button because he knows your triggers are triggers. Listen to this. Our triggers is our issues. And we need to get those things. We need to curse it at the root. Jesus cursed the, you know why he cursed the fig tree at the root? He didn't just curse the fig tree. He cursed it at its root. The reason he cursed it at the root is so it could not bear fruit. And when we, that's what we have to do. We got to go to the root cause. We got to find out what the real issue is because the, the, the drugs, the alcohol, the overeating, all the emotional eating, all that kind of stuff. That's not the problem. That's just the outward manifestation of the in, from, uh, inward turmoil. That's not the real issue. We have to find the why. Why am I? Why am I? Someone said they smoke weed because it caused them to be at peace. God said, I'm your peace. You see the lie that's attached to that? Anything that takes the place of God in our life becomes the God of our life. God is our peace. Someone said, I smoke cigarettes because it calmed my nerves. Someone said, I drink liquor because it calmed me down. No, Jesus said, I am your peace. And anything that takes the place of God in our life becomes the God of our life. We have to find the why life. Why am I so angry? 
Why do I hate men? Why do I hate women? Why do I hate this? Why do I hate that? Find the why lie. And when you go down to the why, that's the root. And when you find out what the root, because the root of everything starts with a seed. Because without a seed, we cannot have a root. And without the root, we cannot have a tree. And without the tree, we cannot have the fruit. Okay? So when you see that apple on that tree, that was a process. That apple didn't just pop on the tree. There were some things that went on behind the scene. The Bible says that the seed is within itself and it will produce after its own kind. What do you mean by that? That an apple seed will produce an apple tree. So find out what the, I hate men, so I'm never going to date another man. I hate women, so I'm never going to date another woman. And then we open ourselves up to that spirit of perversion. Because anything that's motivated by hate is sin. Unless it's godly hate. There's, we, we're to hate what God hates. Not the person, but we're to hate the sin. God loves people. Okay, let's get that straight. But we're to hate evil and cling to what's good. That's what the words say. Hate what's evil, not the person. Hate hate the sin that's evil. But but uh, cling and cling to what's good and love the people. Because God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. The devil cannot gain access into our lives except through an open door. So this is why I always say, this is, this is why I always say, um, we're the main subject of our life story because the work begins with us. We need to allow change to uh, start with us. It's not about God changing your husband and then things would be better, or God changing your kids, or if this was better, things would be better. No, no, you're already better. God makes everything better. And we have to see ourselves in Christ Jesus. And that's a wild lie that we need to dig up. Those old wise fables, uh, you cross a, a, the track of a black cat, it's going to get seven years bad luck. That's witchcraft. Those are... You know what? Don't add your faith to things that's not true. Add your faith to God's word and not doctrines of devils or old wise fables. Or there's things grandma said that wasn't true. There's things that we don't, don't be passing on stuff that's not true. Let's get away from these old wise fables and let's say what the word of God say. What is God's word saying? That's the truth. That's the truth that's going to set us free. And that's the truth that we need to be passing on. We don't need to pass on no doctrines of devils, no old wise fables. Step on a crack, you break your mama's back. Stop with that. That's not biblical principles. That's not in the word of God. So today I challenge you. I challenge you. And I'm believing by faith that God is going to show us everything in us that's contrary to him. So that we can be delivered and set free. And so we can walk in true liberty, that pride, that envy, that covetousness, you know, those secret ones, that unforgiveness, that bitterness that we think nobody can see. But God, see, he wants to go on the inside because he likes to deal with things at the root so he can curse it. And we don't cut it off. You know what? I noticed the people come and cut our trees, but they just cut them down at the top. They don't dig them up at the root. So guess what? Every year, it, their trees are right back where they started because we did, we're not dealing with the real issue. If we don't deal with the root cause, we're going to continue to manifest that same fruit in our lives. What's, what is it? What lie is the devil telling you? No one made you do it. The devil didn't make you do it. The devil didn't even make Eve do it. She did it because she chose to. 
But why did she do it? Because it was going to make her wise. That was the root cause. Really, it was pride. What's causing you not to be able to say you sorry? It's pride. But then we even need to go a little bit deeper there. What, what, what's causing the pride? The insecurity. What's causing the insecurity? The fear. God, you did not give me a spirit of fear. I, you know, we uh, unless we deal with the root, the root cause, we're going to continue to bear that fruit in our lives. Jesus tells us, it's not that which goes into the mouth that defiles the man. It's what comes out of him. Therefore, we need to guard our heart, for out of it flows everything that we do. So the issues that are in our life is coming from what's inside. If there's things in your life, if, if there's things in your life, there's fruit coming out of you that you don't like. We know what's inside of us a lot of times, but we have to go to the root cause because we have to be willing to deal with the real issues, the real inner issues. To curse that thing at the root. When you find out what's at the roots, curse that thing like Jesus did the fig, fig tree. Curse it at the root. Those never, never vows. I'll never get married again. Do you know what you basing that on? You're basing that on uh, on a why on a lie. Marriages don't work. Everybody in my family get divorced. That's a lie. You need to curse that curse at the root. But see, when we start believing those lies, we're living lies because we're believing lies. Because we act on what we believe to be true. So, Father God, we just thank you that the good news is, is that your grace is sufficient. And we, when we pray this prayer, Father, we pray it with a sincere heart, not to be religious, not to just say it as a saying, but we say it with a sincere heart, Father, creating us a clean heart, renewing us a right spirit. And Father, everything that's in us that's not like you, reveal it to us because we want to be more like you. So we can, because you said that when the when the, we're when we're not bearing fruit, that you t- cut it off and you prune it. We want we want to bear fruit because it brings great pleasure to you. We want the fruits of the Spirit to be manifested in our lives. So Father, we pray and ask you that every area in our lives that we're not bearing fruit, that you show us why. Father, we, you said if we judge ourselves, we won't have to be judged. Show me me, Lord. Show me me, Lord. And then Holy Spirit, help me to change those things that's in me that's not like you. We curse every generational curse. We curse every wise fable. We denounce the spirit of witchcraft. We denounce those never, never lies. We curse bitterness and hate and rejection. We curse all those things at the root. And Father God, I thank you that by the anointing and the presence of God that's been manifested, even through this airway, Father, because you sent your word and you healed them. There's no distance in you. But you said where two or three are joined together, there you are in the midst. We thank you for being in the midst of us, Holy Spirit. We thank you right now, Father, that you watch over your word to perform it and that your word will not return void, Father. And we thank you that the people's hearts are ripe and ready and their heart desire is to... Uh, is filled with your desire and they want to fulfill your desire. So reveal to us the root cause so we can curse it at the root and so we can bear your good fruit. And Father, we say to you today that as we stand here, that as you reveal it to us, Lord, we will continuously repent of it so we can be more like you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you guys for joining in.
on this Sunday, Resurrection Sunday broadcast. And remember and know this, that we are crucified with Christ. And know and understand this, that as the Lord begin to prune us and begin to show us, and some of us are going to cry and some of us are going to weep, let the Holy Spirit do whatever he needs to do. The only thing that's suffering is the flesh. The spirit is fine. When we say things like, yeah, it's hard, it's hard. Really, what you, it's just hard on your flesh. The spirit is fine. Let the flesh suffer. You know, we're going to have to fast. We're going to have to fast and we're going to tr- tell our flesh, no, you're not going to say it. No, you're not going to do it. You're going to do what God say do. As a believer, I'm obligated to do what God say do, regardless whether the other person does it or not. We are obligated. When Jesus Christ is our Lord, he's our supervisor. Is Jesus Christ your Lord? Or is he just your Savior? If he's not your Lord, Father God, we ask that you be our Lord. We acknowledge you in all our ways and we refuse to live our way outside of your way. We refuse to do our own thing without acknowledging you first to see if it's the right thing. And I'm going to end it here, you guys. You guys be blessed, be encouraged, know that today is another new day. And whatever we didn't get to do yesterday, we get to do it today. And we're going to take this knowledge that we have learned today from the Word of God. And we're going to act on it. And we're going to continue in His Word so we can continue to be free. So do a, do a uh, Bible study. That's what I'm doing, Bible Scripture Guide. Order my books. They're on different subjects. Overcoming fear, understanding God's love for us. Overcoming temptation. Uh, understanding identity in Christ. Uh, godly wisdom for daily living. These are Bible verses. And they are Q&A. Questions and answers. And by the time you finish with those Q&A, you're going to know that Bible verse inside out. It's not, gonna, it's not about memorization. It's going to impart some spiritual wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. And God is going to give you a rhema word as we begin to dig in his word. Let's remember to continue to seek first the kingdom of God. Because he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Let's cry out to God with a sincere heart. Lord, I don't want to get right because they're going to leave me. I don't want to get right. No, Lord, I want to get right because I'm sorry to you. Because godly sorrow works through repentance unto salvation. And when we're sorry to God, that's when true repentance will begin to manifest. Know that repentance is evident. And if you're sincere, this message is for mature audience only. If you're sincere about change, then this is the podcast for you. I'm going to end it here. Uh, Meet me back here tomorrow. We're going to be doing episode seven. And we're going to be talking about... um, Actually, I skipped the whole chapter, learning how to forgive. That's in chapter four. We didn't talk about that. We didn't talk about learning how to forgive. A lot of times we tell people they need to forgive, but we don't tell them how to forgive. So we'll pick up on that tomorrow. Okay, 9 a.m. You guys join me right back here on the podcast so we can come live. Okay, I'm going to end it here. You guys, i keep looking for the good in your day. So you can see God's goodness all throughout your day. And um, Father, we thank you for correction because without correction, we open ourselves up to deception. Uh, We need correction so we can grow. Um, But your word, even correction is a word of exhortation because God chastised those he loves. And Father, we just thank you that we will be doers of your word so we can grow into the next level. And so we can be set free uh, from the lies of the enemy that holds us captive, causing us to bear fruit that's not of you. In Jesus' name, 
Amen. Again, this is Parley Mark. You guys be blessed. Continue to be, continue to be encouraged and continue looking for the good in your day. And enjoy this wonderful, wonderful day that the Lord has made.